I'm Charlene Yennerfeld, and you're listening to About That Outdoor Job. It's that place where I can find a lot of clarity, a lot of focus, a lot of drive. Every redeeming quality that's maybe within me seems to come out better when I'm outdoors. This is Sophie Nolan, wilderness guide and founder of Sidetracked Adventures. She spends her winters guiding groups on week-long Nordic ski touring adventures in the north of Finland, within and above the Arctic Circle. The outdoors has always been the place where Sophie most feels like herself, where things slow down for her, where she can be truly present. I guess for me, growing up, I think that it was always a place where I felt the most myself. It was somewhere where I could just let go of everything. Um, I'm a, one of those kind of 100 miles an hour type people. And as soon as I step into the outdoors, I feel like I, I kind of put my brakes on and everything goes at a different pace. Even though most of the things that I do outdoors are normally quite a, what people would consider a fast pace. But I think it was more a mental shift for me. It's a place where everything seems to escape me and I can find a bit of peace, I think. All of my childhood memories are outdoors. I grew up in the middle of Wales, um, a lot of kind of farmland and forests and rivers, and that's how I spent my childhood was outdoors, playing. No kind of big dramatic landscapes, but just little streams, playing with my brother. My my great-grandfather used to... um, tend to all the local trails so he'd go around and and mark them and keep them kind of open and I used to spend summers following him around and we'd be fixing styles and 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 trimming back kind of bushes and and making all the kind of paths accessible so I think all of that that was my happy place growing up. And yet Sophie you didn't start off working in the outdoor recreational industry did you? And I was kind of following this, the path that I think a lot of people kind of get stuck on and, and going to university, getting that first job. And I kind of thought, oh, OK, I'm, I'm OK at this job. And all these things were kind of easy, I guess, and easy to say yes to. And it kind of felt like this is what I should be doing. Sophie had been working as a graphic designer in the city, was doing well in her job, was earning a good living. It meant she had the means and the resources to spend her free time on outdoor adventures. For many of us, that would have been a pretty good setup. Why didn't it work for you? When I was driving out of the kind of city where I was living every weekend to go and seek these small moments again and just feeling them again, I just thought, this isn't enough, I need more of this. And this, my life needs to be more outdoors. I've always wanted to spend all of my free time outdoors. That was always, that was always my drive. I did a lot of sports. Yeah, I would try and seek out the outdoors in every kind of chance available. But once those chances were becoming, becoming smaller and smaller, the more that I had to work. And then I had lots of other kind of commitments in life. Those windows were getting smaller and smaller. And it, it was really beginning to affect me, I think. And I just thought, this, isn't, uh, this needs to change because this, this isn't the life I want to lead. I, I need to be outside. So how did you go about transitioning into an outdoor job? So for years and years, I did always want to do like a kind of ski season. There was a, there was a little part of me inside that was like, oh, the idea of getting to kind of snowboard all winter and, and do that. And that always did appeal to me. But I wasn't a big kind of 
partier and a few friends had done it and I'd gone to visit them and I'd come home from the weeks with them exhausted because I could never, the, the lifestyle of a kind of season air didn't appeal to me. I didn't want to go and drink as hard as I was snowboarding. I just wanted to snowboard. That kind of aspect of the lifestyle put, really put me off and I didn't want to feel socially pressured into kind of doing a lot of things I didn't want to do. So then I actually started lo looking into companies that didn't maybe have that lifestyle and it was really hard to know what kind of thing you were signing up for and so I ended up actually looking for like summer jobs where you would be out out in the mountains kind of on the obviously on their lesser business busy seasons and I thought well that then won't have that same culture of the kind of drinking stuff and I found a company a British company that was operating out of the Italian Dolomites and they were running kind of road cycling and hiking holidays and I'm a big I enjoy riding any bikes whether they're road or mountain or anything so I just I apl applied for that and um, had an interview got the job and then hand handed in my notice for my kind of graphic design job that I was working in the city. Your family and friends how did they react to your decision to leave what many would have considered a successful career path? I think it, everybody kind of just went of course that's exactly what you should be doing I think my closest friends, my family, my parents, they all knew that that's way more me than what I was doing. Sophie had her first taste of working in the outdoors in the Dolomite Mountains in Italy. And she's now started her own wilderness guiding company working in Lapland, guiding groups in the pristine wilderness of northern Finland. You grew up in Wales and then headed south to Italy and then found yourself guiding wilderness trips in Finland, why Finland? I was always quite a, a winter person anyway. I loved the snow. Um, I loved skiing and snowboarding. I love that kind of environment, I guess. Um, it's somewhere where I was quite comfortable. But during, that, during the working in the Dolomites, I got the opportunity. So one of the clients I used to work for worked in kind of travel and tourism. This is when I was a designer. And they sent me this link to a page that we're looking for an explorer um, to go on this expedition in Finland. And I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really know where Finland was. I knew Sweden, I knew Norway, but Finland's that little, little country that no one knows too much about. And I kind of looked at it and they were looking for somebody to go away for three months during uh, the darkest time of the year in Finland to kind of do this promotional trip for Visit Finland for the tourist board. And I was like, wow, this sounds amazing that you would kind of Northern Lights, there was ski expeditions, there was ice diving, there was, the, the list is like an outdoor person's dream of what you got to do. I didn't really think I had any chance of getting it. I just thought, well, why not? I had suddenly this kind of flexible lifestyle where I can, those opportunities I could snap up. So um, I applied and actually a couple of weeks later, they flew me to Helsinki for a kind of fitness test. And it all happened quite fast. That trip was the most bizarre, but also eye-opening thing I've ever done. It, it opened my eyes into a world of kind of marketing and, and tourist boards and what they do to kind of try and convince people to come to their countries. It was fascinating from that point of view. But it also showed me outdoor adventures that I'd never ever even thought of. Husky sledding, ice diving, kite skiing, all these small little niche sports that I didn't even know existed. And it was, 
it was my dream trip. And it just gave me this taste of Finnish culture, Finnish lifestyle. It really appealed to me. And I think that there was just part of me that goes, wow, what, what a place to live and what a lifestyle to have. And, and it, it kind of won over my heart, really. And I just had an amazing summer in the Dolomites. And it, it was a complete contrast. But I just thought, wow, imagine doing a summer in the mountains down in Italy and then a winter up in Finland. It, it seemed like a beautiful balance to me. Sophie went on to qualify as a wilderness guide, completing the international wilderness course at Temporary Vocational College Tredu in south of Finland. This is very different from a mountain leader or mountain guide course. It has a multidisciplinarian focus on wilderness and nature, and it can be applied to a wide spectrum of outdoor activities such as dog sledding, skiing, hiking, paddling, bushcrafting. The program is a 10-month full-time course that's made up of classroom learning and practical expedition experiences. Once you completed the course, you chose to start your own wilderness guiding company. Did the program help you navigate that entrepreneurial undertaking? As part of the course, we had to write a business plan. So the idea behind the course is to, to get entrepreneurs from other countries to come and obviously qualify to become a guide. But then the idea is for them to set up their own company and... and and run these things. And what was your plan for sidetracked adventures? What I'd seen a lot in, in Lapland was this very fast, kind of short tourism. Lots of people flying in. I think one of the most kind of painful things to see were these 24-hour trips from the UK. The Brits were the, some of the worst for it, for these one-day Christmas tours. And they just slightly broke my heart to see people kind of turning up on these buses at eight o'clock in the morning, doing 20 minutes Huskies, 20 minutes of this, 20 minutes Santa, and then jumping back on a plane home. And you go, you haven't, you haven't had, have you really had a taste of, of this beautiful country, of this beautiful nature? Or is it just a quick photo and then jump back on a plane? And I think I wanted to try and what I was worried that Lapland was turning into was this short, and sweet kind of tourist destination where people could just get these small fixes of these experiences and not really ever get below the surface. So I never wanted to add to that. I wanted to try and create longer trips with small groups and go out into the national park and be self-sufficient for the week. And that's where the kind of idea behind Sidetracked came. I wanted to take people out into these parks and into the forest and to really get a feel for what Lapland or Finland is. And Finland is just a massive wilderness. That's, that's what it is. There's not many people, there's not much there, but what there, what there is is a huge expanse of nature. And it's, that's, that's its beauty. When listening to Sophie speak of Finland, you quickly realize the depth of her passion for its landscape, its people, its culture. You'd assume this is what feeds her enthusiasm for what she does. And it does, partly. But there's more to it than that. Obviously, the place I'm already in love with. So I all, all also know that Lapland has me covered, that there's not too much that I need to do to make that trip amazing. Lapland is already going to impress everybody. So my job is already easy. Um, but what I look forward to is it's the people that make these trips so different for me. They kind of, especially this winter, I did so many back to back and they go, 
do you not get bored of kind of doing the same thing? But it, it's not the same. No trip is ever the same. And it's a mix between the seasons, the time of year you're doing it and the people that you get to meet. And I love, I just love showing people this little part of the world that I feel like I've discovered and, and I get to show them it in what I think is the best way possible. And I think that that doesn't ever get boring. That when, even if I'm completely knackered and I've just come off the back of another group, as soon as I see this kind of new group arriving and the excitement that they've got and they're looking around and they're commenting on the insane amount of snow and, and it, it still, it excites me and it makes me excited to what I'm about to show them and what they're about to experience. And everybody's experience is different and I think that there's always that when you head into the outdoors you never know what you're going to get and on some trips we've had some epically just just completely different experiences and and each group got something different every time and that's why I think that's what keeps me excited is that you, you just don't know what the weather what the the northern lights um what animals you might see and it's all those kind of little things that will always make it interesting, I guess. Sophie, on days where you might be feeling low on energy and you might need to remind yourself of why you're doing what you do, is there a particular experience with a group or a person that just fuels you? So we're about 330 kilometers north of the Arctic Circle. So it's pretty, pretty far north. I think that what was so nice about that day is that on the trip I had... Um, a woman that had previously not joined, she'd t showed up the year before to come on a trip and she um, got really kind of worried the night before having met everybody that she wasn't going to be capable and so she actually pulled out the night before the trip and I, I think she did have a couple of injuries and there was a few kind of niggles and stuff and she maybe admitted at the end like maybe it was still the best decision but it was that, that idea that she had shown up and thought that she wasn't capable and then for her to come back and then we ended up having probably yeah, one of the toughest days of the season and she just kind of just got through it and I just thought it was amazing and I, I yeah that, that it's those moments that I, I just love the job that I get to do and to to help just be a little part of bringing that out of somebody and, and to show them how capable they are is is quite a privilege. So Sophie, what's a typical workday for you before expedition? Typical kind of before is there's a surprising amount of logistics. It's definitely the side of things that people get drawn to the outdoors because they want to work in the outdoors. But unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that requires you to be in the outdoors is, is planning and, and indoor work. So I think that's a balance that... I'm still not great at because on a, it's again like a sunny day like today there is part of me that goes ah, I, I need to be outside and and some I've had to become quite strict with myself that even if it's glorious sunshine I give myself maybe a couple of hours but then I do need to get in and, and get the planning done because that's the thing they don't they don't happen you can't wing this type of stuff you need everything needs to be planned and there's a lot that goes into it so the main jobs that kind of need to get done is is trip plans, trip planning, whether that's kind of food plans, safety plans, um, lots of plans, to be honest. Um, 
book like booklets and 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 keeping in touch with people now that sidetracks growing there's a, there's a lot of people and questions and emails is a never-ending emails to answer um it's the less glorious side of of the job but that is a huge part of it and filling the trips takes time time at the laptop dedication to kind of setting setting some goals and setting some plans and trying to get those trips filled really and when you're on expedition with a group what's a typical day made up of so that's probably a more exciting day to tell you about but most days especially kind of on the winter stuff we're out kind of for the week we're either based in kind of little wilderness cabins or tents so either way the morning's kind of the same I'll normally get up first get the fire going or kind of get the tea going if you're in the tent and then I'll start kind of prepping the food for the day getting the lunch ready getting the breakfast sorted um, and then start packing up packing up gear because that also takes a quite a while and then we head out we're normally skiing from about 10 to 20 kilometers a day so depending on how far we've got to go depends on how early we leave but normally there's there's plenty of time so we head out find out what conditions we've got some days it can be beautiful blue skies nice crisp trails other days you've got lots of fresh snow you know it's going to be hard work so you take a lot more layers off and yeah then go and make our way to our next destination, enjoy where we are, have lunch, have a cup of tea outside, sit on top of the sleds and, and just enjoy the moment. And then when we kind of get to the next destination, it's about setting up the camp or setting up the, the wilderness hut, preparing it ready for the evening, kind of chopping firewood and just all those basic things that you, when you get kind of stripped back, you've, you've got very little to worry about. Just kind of, it's normally just your, your next meal that you're prepping for. But the pace of it all is very nice. It's very relaxed. We're never in too much of a rush. It's mainly always about just enjoying time outside, but also enjoying the routine of, of life in the outdoors and enjoying going to fetch water from the streams and chopping wood and, and those things. So I always make sure that the trips, we've got time to enjoy that much stuff as as well as kind of making the kilometres or the actual skiing. The actual skiing is probably about 50% of it. The rest of it is, is, is about slowing things down, allowing people to appreciate where they are and actually have the time to kind of look up and not be always looking at your feet and appreciate kind of, yeah, that, those, those nicer moments. And though Sophie's created her dream job, She's quite candid about the challenges she has to face as a wilderness guide running her own company. Running my own business has been the biggest challenge of it all. Um, it, it, it was kind of like a necessity for me creating my d dream job. The only way that I could have done that was by doing it myself because it didn't exist. There wasn't companies running these too many multiple day trips in Finnish Lapland from hut to hut. So the kind of downside to, to creating your dream job is that then the reason that I set it up was to guide those trips and to run those trips but it's all the other stuff that comes along with it it's the it's the admin it's the filling the trips it's the that feeling inside of your stomach that someone's not going to have the best time ever and it's all down to you um, and that level of responsibility feels sometimes quite big. A new successful business means growth and that can bring its own challenges as well as Sophie shares with us. This winter, my biggest challenge was the growth. 
I'd grown from a really small company where I was practically just running a couple of trips alongside working at Husky Farm. I, th those were my weeks off where I was running the trips originally. Now this is what I go over there to do all winter. And I was running back-to-back -back trips and it wasn't physically demanding, but mentally I was quite exhausted by the end of it. And it, it took its toll, I think, on that then I felt a kind of guilt that they weren't getting the best version of me that I thought that they deserved every trip, which they might not have noticed it, but I think I, I think by the end I was quite, maybe mentally, quite exhausted. Um, you have to answer a lot of questions. I think being a guide, it's one of the things in the summer I've I've now found my balance as well of getting that time where I want to give everything on those trips and I will always want to give everything, but then you also need time. I call it sitting in a dark room days where, I, if I, I can just sit down and kind of, I guess, rejuvenate, be able to then kind of go back and feel refreshed and be ready for the questions. Whereas sometimes I find that if, when it is kind of full on, it's a, it's a physically and mentally tiring job. So you also need to factor, factor in time, downtime. And often my personality isn't a downtime person. I'm not a very, I think a lot of people that are kind of into the outdoors do tend to have this mentality that they can keep going. I think just because you've got the ability to keep going doesn't mean that that's the best um, thing. So I guess for me, it's finding this balance between utilizing my skills to the, I think one of my biggest skills is that I can keep going and that I have a, an abundance of energy, but also making sure that that sometimes needs to be kind of filled up by having a bit of my own time and, and not having that those big levels of responsibility and pressure on you however however many times I've done that trip and I know that area like the back of my hand it's still a big weight to carry so kind of finding that balance I think is is what I'm struggle with sometimes and what are the fact that your job is seasonal how does that affect your lifestyle yeah so that's what's what's yeah, also pretty difficult is that my jobs are very seasonal. So that's why I have to go full on when I have the opportunity. And that's what's difficult because I have to guide that much and that at that intensity because my window is smaller than I can't just rock up and have weekends off and, and do that because my window is smaller than most jobs. Um, so it does mean that my life is very all or nothing and it's very hectic and busy in the winters and, and the same in the summer. And then I kind of come back and we're back down to zero miles an hour. And it, it's very, the changes are very abrupt. Um, and it's, it's hard to get a, a balance. It's hard to get routine. So it's finding those things that can maybe ground you and, and f find that kind of, that rhythm again. But it's difficult because what's hard is that it doesn't make sense for, I think one thing that's maybe never spoken about in kind of outdoor jobs is, is a level of stability and, and what's difficult. You can do that when you're younger, you can be spontaneous, you can live wherever you can go around with your backpack and have a little shared room with someone and whatever, and not really care that you don't have any of your own space, but the older you get, you, you need that. I think I'm finding it difficult to find a balance between having a base somewhere and constantly being away for work. And for years, it didn't make it any sense for me to kind of 
be based somewhere because I was constantly working seasons, but because you don't have a base, you're also then filling your time with other things. And this is the moment where I'm at now where I really, really need to have, to feel like I've got my own place to return to. But yeah, I think I found that I am seeking a permanent base somewhere. But financially, that's a real difficult thing because it doesn't make sense financially to own somewhere when you can only live there for half of the year. But from a mental and, and a kind of lifestyle perspective, I'm, I, I'm finding that I need to have that now because this isn't a sustainable lifestyle for me. And it's the downside to working in the outdoors is that you, you don't get this balance or stability in life. And I think that it's, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. Sophie sees an opportunity there with her own business. It's also something that I want to try and, as Sidetracked grows and as I kind of get guys on board, I think I want to slightly try and change the, the narrative a little bit and try and make these things possible for guides working in the industry because I think it's, it's, it's a hard lifestyle and you give up a lot and it's a socially... Finland's quite a t- difficult place to live. You're living up kind of, yeah, 300 kilometers north of the Arctic Circle. There's not a big population there. So it's it's not an easy place to live. And it's beautiful, but you you miss kind of communities and, and, and friendships and those things. So there's, of course, a downside to all of these jobs. Part of the mission of the series Women in Outdoor Jobs is to share the stories and experiences of women like Sophie, who successfully made the outdoors their living, so that women who want to achieve that for themselves can benefit from their learnings and advice. So this is what Sophie would say to you if you're considering wilderness guiding. I'd say, well, huge go for it, because it it has changed my life. It is the most rewarding and... Yeah, it's. It, I feel incredibly lucky to get to do what I do, and all we need is is more and more women in these jobs and sharing these experiences with people. And the more people that are doing things like this, I think it can only be have a positive impact on on people and on natural places. Because the more connected you are to the places, the more you want to protect them. So. And the same with people coming on trips. The more that they see these places and see how they're changing and how warm the Arctic can be nowadays in the winter, I think they go back going, oh, that wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be. And maybe they change some decisions because of that. And I think the more time we spend outdoors is the better. And it's a it's a rewarding, tough, but amazing career choice. A huge thank you to Sophie Nolan for taking the time to talk with me between seasons. You can find Sophie on Instagram at Sidetracked Adventures and sidetrackadventures.co.uk. Other resources are listed in our show notes. Thank you for listening. You can find About That Outdoor Job on Instagram, our website, and a number of podcast listening platforms. You can support our new podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. A review makes our podcast more visible so others can discover it as well. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Charlene Janerfeldt.